Hello, and welcome to The Adrian Ross Show, a product of the BMG Network. So glad you're tuned in at thebmgnetwork.com, the BMG Network's YouTube channel, or a major podcast platform. It's time for another exemplary episode. So here we go. I am so excited to have a special guest with me today who really, uh, really needs no introduction, but I'm going to give her an introduction uh, nonetheless. So um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to actually start with the title I know means the most to her, and that is that she is a mother of five, and of course, of course, a grandmother as well. But in addition to, those, to that, which is most important to her, um, she's also uh, the former governor of the great state of Alaska, uh, former uh, nominee, vice presidential nominee representing the Republican Party and a current candidate for the U.S. House of Representatives, also representing Alaska. And I'm honored to say someone also I consider a friend. Governor, thank you so much for joining me on the Adrian Ross Show. Thank you so much. It's an honor. And I've been bugging you for how long to try to get on your show. (laughs) And finally... You're letting me, and I'm so glad that we get to talk about education and some of the things that are near and dear to your heart also. You, the expert, though, I hope people know that you are um, a a school teacher and um, in that profession, standing out, loving students, loving loving the system, but knowing that it has to kind of change. Yes, absolutely. And I'm glad you brought that up. We're going to get to that, too. I want to steward our time well because I want to honor your time. And I know you're, you're very busy and we will, uh, we will touch on education because it is uh, close to my heart and I know it's close to you also. Um, but since I have you on, I really would like to, to kind of make this a potpourri of topics. Sure. So what our conversation will be about a wide range of things. So um, the first thing that I, I want to say is, okay, you, you, haven't held, um, you haven't held elected office for, since 2009. Always... On the always on the national stage, though, always promoting Alaska, always um, talking about the beauty and the wonders of Alaska and, and what Alaska can do for the nation as well. So so you've always been you're like the number one advocate for your state. But with the fact that you haven't held elected office, there's been a certain level of freedom. Huh. And so. Right. And so. But now with the um, unexpected uh, passing of Representative Don Young you decided to throw your hat in the ring to run, you know, not only to finish his term, but also for the two-year term, okay? What I would like you to do first, would you walk us through the process of making that decision, a decision that, I mean, you can correct me if I'm wrong, seems like a sacrifice to me because you're already on the stage talking about Alaska on the national stage with more freedom. It seems like a sacrifice. Would you walk us through the process to when you walk through that door on April 1st and file to say, you know what, I'm running? Wow, that is such a good question because um, you prefaced it with that that acknowledgement that you give up freedom in in your personal life in order to um, offer yourself up in the name of service to everybody else. And um, I really, really enjoy my freedom. And I really enjoy my life in Alaska. But uh, I'm willing to take one for the team is how I've been thinking about it, Adrian. Because with um, the things that are going on in our country now more than ever, we all need to do our part. And I knew, I've known 
for years that, that somehow I would get back in officially into the political arena. It feels like I've never jumped out of it, though, to tell you the truth. Uh, but um, to actually have a vote is, uh, is very valuable for such a time as this. Mm -hmm. And I've been one to preach. You've probably heard me, Adrian, talk to, to people and to crowds and in rallies telling people you don't need an office and you don't need a title to get out there and just do what's right and make a difference. And I think that I've been able to prove that. But there is a time and a season for everything. And I knew at this time, um, though, yeah, I mean, it, I, I'm glad that you did acknowledge that because it, there is some sacrifice personally uh, that, that has to be made. But anything that is worth doing, well, there's going to be sacrifice, right? And it's not going to be easy. Um, God didn't tell us that the right path to be on was going to be an easy path he'll be there with us but yeah. you know it's not an easy path but yeah things that are going on in our country right now with um democrat leadership uh, we're going under mm -hmm. and i will do whatever i can to help and as i say having a vote and being a reinforcement for the good guys in office already uh, i'm willing to do that i'm able to do that so after uh representative don young died and that was so unfortunate. He's like um, up here. I mean, he, he's been our congressman, our sole congressman for 49 years, yeah. 49 years serving the 49th state yes. and huge shoes to fill. Well, he was coming up for election, not, not until another year, though. And um, a Republican jumped in there to challenge him. And a lot of us thought, why? Are they why would he want to run this young republican at least he registered as a republican um, right. why would he run against don young don young is such an advocate for alaska and he's kind of like it kind of be like taking on your dad you know is how mm -hmm. i don young by the way is a lot like my dad and i'm at my dad's house right now mm -hmm. um so puzzled as to why somebody would think that they're better than he and could do a better job and they wanted him fired essentially well didn't pay a whole lot of attention to that race because Don Young has always won, you know, not just power of incumbency, but people up here in Alaska. I mean, he's legendary. Everybody loves right. Don Young. But when he passed, um, well, President Trump, for one, called and said, hey, are you thinking about jumping in there? Mm -hmm. And I said, well, I, I am kind of thinking about it. And this all happened just, you know, within days having to think about it. And then um, President Trump called again. Mm -hmm. And asked, are you thinking, uh, you know, even clearer about running? Because we have a lot of connections, the President uh, Trump and I do, um, on a personal level, because, you know, his family gets clobbered, too, and, and he gets uh -huh. clobbered, and, uh, and yet he's still standing. Man, I admire him and his tenacity and his yeah. convictions. But anyway, so it, just with the connections that, that we made in that conversation, he said, hey, can you imagine if we're both in there together? And I'm like, wow, you're yeah. right. Just think what we could do because we got nothing to lose, Adrian. So mm -hmm. We have our country to lose. But personally, you know, I just think, and he thinks too, well, what more can they do to us? You know, what more can they say about us? What more can they make up? And um, I decided, yeah, if a, a couple of the people who have been 
um, not fair weather friends, but have been uh, loyal to the cause and that the cause being what I represent, just common sense constitutional conservatism, uh, if, if they'll um, be there with me, if they'll support me, because they've been by my side for a long, long time, years and years now, especially a best friend up here in Alaska who for decades has been my right-hand man. Mm -hmm. uh, and when she said, oh, you gotta do this, yeah, we, and we can do this together. I knew it'd be grassroots. I knew we'd be outspent because I hate asking people for money. I'm the worst fundraiser ever. <laughs> and um, we knew that it would be unconventional. Mm -hmm. And Adrian, it has been unconventional. Yeah, yeah, I can imagine. Well, you know what? I. I was going to mention uh, former President Trump um, anyway, because you in 2016 got behind him right away. And there were many people, and I will admit myself included, who thought at one time like, huh, right? In the beginning, but uh, you obviously saw what many of us did not, took us a while to see. Yeah. Uh, and then when you jumped in, he got right behind you. And so um, I'm so glad he made that phone call because I think not only are you, you know, uh, Sarah for Alaska, I always say Sarah for America, of course, and I make, you know, I got my shirt on. I, you know, I'm, not, I'm not even here. I'm not even here pretending that I don't think that you're the one to, for the people of Alaska to hire um, <laughs> this job. So I'm glad that you made that decision. Now, I want to talk about ranked choice voting. And yeah, some people who are listening uh, may know uh, exactly what that's all about. Some people are like, I've heard of it, but I don't quite get it because it is convoluted and confusing. And there's some who may be hearing that for the first time, but it's something that everybody needs to hear about. Can you concisely tell us what ranked choice voting is? And if you don't mind sharing what impact, if any, you think that had on this last election and even maybe what impact it may have on this next election in the next month. Yes, ranked choice voting. Glad you're asking about that because I don't want this to happen to any other electorate in any okay. city, in any state. Alaska is kind of this test case right now where we have elements of a perfect bad storm. We have lax voter ID laws right now. We have a lot of um, uh, long, long election uh, cycle where mail-in ballots can be mailed in for, gosh, it seems like months now, mm. if not many, many weeks. Um, and it's okay. So those are just a couple of the aspects that, that create kind of this uh, distrust of people in the process. It, and we can, we cannot afford to have people not trust free and fair elections yes. in our communities, in our states, in our nation, or there again, we're going to go under. Mm. Uh, but we have all these weird things going on, uh, on one hand, but then on the other hand, the bigger picture is ranked choice voting was put on Alaska's ballot some time ago, um, kind of under the guise of, uh, let's keep dark money out of Alaskan politics, vote for this new process of electing people you rank. It's not winner take all. It's not you don't just check a box saying I want that person to represent me. No, you you, you rank the candidates and then a process of elimination via an algorithm in a computer um, takes votes and distributes it to other candidates if the person that you did choose as your number one pick didn't end up on top. Mm -hmm. But rank choice voting, it's a mess. And like Charlie Kirk said, this is what's going to elect Democrats and destroy our country before we even know it. So I mm -hmm. am just sounding that alarm, Adrian, that is, it's this bad. Uh, 
our first round of voting for the seat to, um, to take Don Young's remaining months in office. Mm-hmm. We had um, about 50 candidates in it yeah. and um, ranked choice voting didn't kick in yet. Right. It was just, well, we thought it was going to be winner take all. It was, you know, choose who you want as your representative. Mm-hmm. Well, I won by a lot. Mm-hmm. And, out, you know, overall the 50 some candidates. And so people are like, right on, we got our first woman candidate you know there she is she's going to be representative and i'm like no 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 no. that was just the first step now comes a process yeah. of elimination yeah so then we voted again adrian and mm-hmm. uh that's when uh ranked choice voting did kick in you were to choose who you wanted as your top pick but then out of everybody else you ranked your second choice you could rank your third choice people were confused about it i was confused about it the ballot question that asked whether we wanted ranked choice voting, it was 26 pages long, the explanation. Oh, that right there should have yeah. told people, hey, wait, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. anything that you can't explain concisely, well, it's not going it, to, it's no good when it comes to government. Yeah. Uh, so um, through that, it is a process of elimination because those who receive the, few, the fewest second and third place votes, mm-hmm that algorithm in the computers, Dominion system, it would um, kick you out. Mm-hmm. And then your votes, that person's votes would be distributed to other candidates, to the other candidates, depending on how many got. It's so weird, Adrian, that mm-hmm. the strategy that the experts say, and experts, I guess, you know, this was written for Lisa Murkowski. Uh, yeah. and she's a rhino uh, mm-hmm. to keep her in the U.S. Senate because she can't run and win as a, a normal Republican up right. in Alaska, because people, you know, they, they figured her out. Right. So, and it was her attorney who wrote this thing. So, and it's been admitted by many people who worked on it and campaigned for this ballot prop that did pass uh, is to keep her in office. So it, I mean, I, I it's hard to even explain it without complicating it even more, Adrian. President Trump was up here in a rally in Alaska. It was awesome. Mm-hmm. The most electric, cool, yes, rally. Yeah. He spoke, you know, his normal woohoo, you know, rah, rah, rah. But he was serious about this aspect of this election cycle, explained to the audience. He said, you know, here in Alaska now, what's going on as they're kind of testing out this ranked choice voting, and hopefully it doesn't spread across the nation, your second no, not even your second, your third or fourth most popular candidate can actually win this thing. Mm-hmm. And I can see people in the rally going, what? What's he yeah. talking about? He nailed it. That's exactly what happened. Yeah. So I won the first round. The next round, I was still the top um, GOP vote getter out of Republicans in there. Yeah. Um, then we voted again. We had a third election for the mm-hmm. two-year term of Don Young. By then, it had been ratcheted down to um, the top four people. And it happened to be two Republicans and two Democrats. Well, Democrats, I'm not gonna say they're smarter than we, but they're craftier and more sinister. So uh, one of the Democrats jumped out at the very last minute, of course, so that um, nobody else could jump in there. Mm -hmm. So then we go into the fourth, no, no. Then we went into the third Mm -hmm. round of voting well, it was two Republicans and one Democrat. And obviously the two Republicans were going to split the vote exactly. because one of the Republicans is 
the fellow that I was telling you who had challenged Don Young, um, his, it, he challenged the incumbency of Don Young. So he'd already been campaigning for months and months and months, already had all the money, already had all the signs, you know, sign locations, already had the big wig lobbyists and all their money. And mm -hmm. um, so he was pretty established as a candidate. So I knew he was going to siphon off a lot of votes. It didn't matter name recognition or my track record, 30 years of politics in Alaska. Um, I just knew that he'd be, there'd be a lot of anti-Palin votes. And I, you know, I knew that was coming uh, and he would siphon those off. That's what happened uh, through ranked choice voting. I didn't get enough second and third place votes. I got the most Republican votes again. You know, I thumped the guy three times in a row. Um, but uh, he did siphon off enough votes where we split the vote. The Democrat got in there. So she's serving in office right now. And I love her. Mary Peltola, she is a sweetheart. And I'm proud that she's first uh, native woman, you know, all, all that stuff. She checks a lot of boxes, but she's just right. a sweetheart anyway. And we served well together. Uh, we were pregnant at the same time in office when I was governor and she was a lawmaker. We, we have a, a sincere friendship. Mm -hmm. but we don't take this personal either. She knows she, you know, she's in it to win it. Well, I'm in it to win it. What I represent is best for the country. So we don't take it personal anyway. So Mary Paltola is in there now. And uh, now we're going into our fourth round yeah. of voting. Yeah. Ranked choice voting is going to be um, very, very significant in this fourth and final vote for who is Alaska's Congressman. And, um, the math is going to pencil out exactly as it just did with Republicans splitting the vote, right. unless the, the Republican who can't win, that guy, yeah. he's not going to win, unless he were to step aside, support our candidacy, and allow it to be head-to-head, winner-take-all, right. Republican versus Democrat, and what the two parties represent. If we could get back to keeping it that simple, then Alaska will be, um, I'd say, properly represented in Congress. Yeah, yeah. Well, it it, it is it's a confusing something, you know. It really is, and I hope that people are really paying attention because it's so easy for us to go, well, that's Alaska or that's Maine. But you referenced Charlie Kirk, and he had he brought that out before, and he said, listen, it's coming to a state near you because it does with the vote. And the goal really is that no true conservative will ever hold office again. So this is something we all have to be mindful of. It, exactly, Adrian. And it, I was gonna say that the experts, the, the strategists, they actually advise that your strategy is to, oh, this so goes against our nature as athletes, Adrian. Not yeah. to. Okay. They want us to strategize to get second and third place votes. Mm -hmm. Not so you don't care about winning. No, you don't need you don't need the most. You need more second and third place votes. That goes against our nature, you know, yeah. as as again, oh, not yeah. just as competitors. Yeah. yeah, as competitors. So um so uh there are 14 real liberal enclaves throughout America. And um in those 14, ranked choice voting is now part of the system. It's not as bad as Alaska's because like I alluded to, we have other uh, election problems like voter rolls that haven't been cleansed and, and the, uh, the lax voter ID laws and all that. Mm -hmm. And the mail-in ballots that take forever. Well, uh, Maine, San Francisco, uh, all these liberal, 
okay, if ranchers voting was adopted there, and I don't know if they're ever going to get rid of it. I haven't heard a lot of complaints there. That should have told our Republican lawmakers in Alaska that something was, uh, you know, kind of shady about it. And they should have looked closer at it because ultimately they could have um, changed a lot of things, maybe given division of elections less flexibility so that people knew what they were getting into. But um, yeah, Mm. so out of those 14 enclaves that do have ranked choice voting, and again, Alaska's, I think our process is the worst, uh, we don't want it to spread across the U.S. Absolutely. Yeah, so... You know, I some days I think, okay, doggone it. Of course, I'm in it to win it, and, and um, you know, I I really really want to. But if I don't, if nothing else, I'm going to expose what this system Absolutely. is about and Absolutely. what it can do. I yeah. mean, look what it just did. When you win, you beat every dozens of candidates right. candidly. Yeah, and then you end up, and you're still, you know, months later, you're still campaigning for the office because you still haven't won. It's a scam, and, and like you, you know, like you said, sixty percent of Alaskans voted for what they believe was a Republican agenda, and a Republican's not in Congress right now, right, filling that seat. So, but but it is the system that you have to work with it. So, my question now is, okay, so and I hate to use the word strategy because it sounds that you're being disingenuous, but for lack of a better word, um, you have to then appeal since you have the second round, the third round, you got second place votes, third place votes, votes, and then you're, you're running against um, Nick Baggage and, and Mary Patol again, and um, I, you know, negative Nick, just to call mm-hmm. him out. Um, he's, you know, he's feeding lies and, and he's, mm-hmm. uh, so, so how do you then appeal Mm-hmm. to his supporters or, or the Democrat, Mary Patola's supporters, because that's a part of the system. How do you get, how do you represent your truth to them when you're dealing with so many lies on the, on that side, but the system. Yeah. And there are a lot of lies being told. Um, Nick Begich, I've heard him at, in his ads or, you know, ads that he supports um, he, his disclaimer at the end says, I approve this message about how I don't eat. I'm not even an Alaskan. It, I, I don't really live here. That I left Alaska for specifically three, three places, Texas, Florida, and New York. Mm. And I'm like, what? wow, they just make crap up, you know? And, and um, so that's been one of his narratives is that I'm not really Alaskan. I haven't been involved in Alaska. Uh, where have I been? I haven't helped Republicans. And of course I say, you know what I've been doing? Uh, since serving in office in Alaska, uh, besides working in Alaska and raising my kids here, my middle schooler still attends public school here in Alaska. I've been traveling around the country and the world promoting Alaska and how important it is that we develop our God-given natural resources in Alaska has them. So I've been getting Republicans in office. What have you been doing, Nick Baggage, is what I asked. You know what he's been doing? Supporting Democrats. He admits to funding, to contributing and voting for Democrats to put them in office. But of course, he, as a rhino, he's from the big Democrat political dynasty family up here too, by the way, the, the baggages. Yeah. Um, there's the Murkowskis on the uh, Republican side and baggages on the Democrat side. Well, mm-hmm. he happens to be the only uh, baggage running as a Republican this go around. Um, so that's, uh, you know, that, and that's a whole another story, but, um, I'm sorry. I think that was Trig calling 
Oh, let's... are you still there? Okay, sorry. Yeah, that was Trig trying to FaceTime me from inside Grandpa's house. Yeah, I <laughs> Yeah. So anyway, um, where was I going? There, that's that's, but, that's a typical interruption. <laughs> yeah, but you're you're just talking about um about his uh, Nick Begich's. Well, the Bukowski's on one yeah. side. Begich and those. Yeah. Right. So so the lies that have been told and um, you know it they're easy to counter anybody who knows me of uh -huh. course they know i live here and it's i'm a hardcore alaskan and all that it's just so ridiculous but of course adrian is a typical story you can you don't have to do anymore you can have, um sorry uh, of a rhino being protected by the media as much as a democrat is protected by media yeah. they don't want to yes they don't want to give an inch when it comes to potentially a conservative winning but as for strategy, I'm thankful that I am so uh, adamant about the positions that I represent that are good for Alaska and America that I my spine is going to stay stiff and I'm not going to bend. Mm -hmm. And it's it's not so much a well, so come what may. No, it's it's more a matter of how I can explain what my positions are mm -hmm. and let people know how important it is that we do have a common sense constitutional conservative in office. So mm -hmm. it's not so much, you know, strategizing because what you do need to do is get people in the middle, not just far right voters, right? Right. Uh, but here, here's something, a great example where I haven't had to compromise anything, Adrian, and yet I have this constituency and I asked my campaign manager, Chris Perry, about this. She's taken a lot of heat for this. And so have I the last couple of days. It's ridiculous because I'm proud of what has happened. You know, the log cabin Republicans, the, yes, the national yes, yes. gay Republicans, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. They endorsed me. Mm -hmm. And I didn't have to change any position, any standard, any anything with it. I I love this because I've, I've been one saying, man, Republicans, Christians, conservatives we need to get out there and we need to influence and we need to um listen to other people and quit preaching you know just within our own four square walls of, of a church or anything else and and think that we're going to impact culture no we well anyway so long cabin republicans they sent out this survey fill out the survey so that they could you know weigh weigh the person's positions and everything else see if they want to endorse I didn't compromise on anything. They know where I stand on everything. Right. And they're like, mm, right on. You stand by your convictions. Mm -hmm. And um, they're concerned about the same doggone things that Absolutely. we are. They Absolutely. don't want all that transgender taught stuff, mutilating kids and all that. But that, that being said, their issues are our issues. Mm -hmm. Smaller, smarter government, right? Mm -hmm. Hey, America, you got to come first. Uh, yeah. Quit intervening if, if there's no way that we're going to win and our interests aren't uh, anywhere overseas that we happen to be spending billions and billions and billions of dollars. Hey, we're $23 trillion plus in yeah. debt. Yeah. All these issues, Adrian, that's top of their list too. Absolutely. So receiving their endorsement, and I'm like, thank you so much. You know mm -hmm. what it shows? They're tolerant. You know that? They, exactly. Because they're tolerating. They know where I am on, on social issues and everything else. And um, I think uh, a lot of a lot of politicos could learn from 
how they judge a person, a, a public servant, uh, what they're expecting. And um, I was happy to receive that endorsement. Yeah. Well, heaven, heaven. Oh, yeah. my goodness. Mm -hmm. I, read some, I read some things, too, about, about that. You know, I'm already. Maybe, yeah, maybe, you know, the left, they're so good at trying to put people in a box and all that. Maybe they should have done their research on your record to see that, you know, like you said, people, you, you don't, you're not governing from, you know, you're not putting people in a box and governing, you know, as a, uh, as an ultra partisan or, you know, and so I think your record indicates that because I think you ticked off people on, on various, who stand on various different platforms. Yeah, good point. It was you know? both sides. Yeah. 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 So, okay. So um, let's talk about education. You mentioned that earlier. And um, those who listen to me regularly know I'm, you know, my background is in teaching. I taught at enough state New York English, seventh grade English for 17.2 years, right? So children mean a lot to me. Kids mean a lot to me. Um, I coached girls, uh, high school varsity basketball. I, I love kids. And so I saw that on your website, sarahforalaska.com. One of your key issues, one of your key issues is education. And so um, what, why is education uh, near and dear to you, such that it's a part of your key issues, um, what challenges are Alaskans facing that would make you want to focus in on education? And where exactly do you stand uh, as far as education is concerned, especially now, because it's, it's serious <laughs> right now. It, it is. It's more serious than ever after the school shutdowns, and we're already seeing now ramifications of kids not having uh, that, a structure for two years in their very uh, formative years when it comes to their education. Now, personally, it's so important to me mm -hmm. here at my dad's house, school teacher forever and ever. I'm from a house full of school teachers. So I've, um, you know, grown up in that environment of the public school system. I'm a product of public schools. Uh, my children are also a couple of them on and off had gone to um, the local Christian school, depending on like where I was uh, in office, but um, public school, the kids have all graduated and um, near and dear to my heart because of my parents, how important it was to them. That was just ingrained in us. You know, we sat around the kitchen table talking about history and civics and Nash natural history museum stuff that I could probably show you in my dad's house. Yeah. Anyway, so that was just ingrained in me. Politically though, I see how um, what's going on in our schools today that frightens me when it comes to the teachers unions that not the brothers and sisters in the union, not the good teachers, that just want to do their job, yeah. but leadership, and this is mm -hmm. typical of unions, it's the leadership that has a, a political agenda too often, collectively a political agenda in the, t in the head shed, and then the mandates that they force down, in our case, a teacher's throat, making it, the teachers waste too much time, spend time on things that are not relevant to the old reading, writing, arithmetic, mm -hmm. and, um, I see what's going on. I see a lot of waste of money mm. and I want, um, I want things better for our kids because the public school system isn't going away. And I do hear, unfortunately, some, too many conservatives saying, well, just get your kid out of public school, put them in public. That's not always 
uh, an option. You know, up, up here in Alaska, we do have a, a good and strong public school system. Personally, uh, my youngest, he has Down syndrome. So in a special needs program, oh my gosh, it's so good for him. It's so good. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, there's no option. I mean, th- there's not a private school that would be able to provide right, for right. Trig. And that's just one, you know, one example. But um, it's not going away. Our tax dollars, we work really hard for our income. And then to know that it, it goes um, uh, finally, ultimately into a school system that's wasting those dollars for fiscal reasons, I'm very concerned about what's going on. And then also the social, the cultural things that are going on in our schools that shouldn't be going on in our schools. Uh, I, don't, I haven't talked to any parent, Adrian, any parent anywhere who said, Rah, rah. I'm so glad that my third grader is going to hear, you know, about, uh, you know, having sex education in, mm-hmm. in uh, Johnny's classroom and, and th- or anything else that's going on along those lines. I haven't talked right. to any, no. anybody in the public who says, yeah. And of course I'm thinking, but that's your money that's paying for that. You better say yeah. something about it. Look what happens though, Adrian. Now, if you do say something about it, parents get up in a school board meeting. Oh my goodness. And yeah. Look at what has happened, especially down in the states, in the lower 48 states. Mm-hmm. Parents are intimidated. Parents are, are charged with crimes mm-hmm. um, because of, uh, I'm not even going to say misunderstandings, um, because of agendas that um, ultimately are, are out there to make parents sit down and shut up and not have yeah. a say in their child's upbringing. That's got to stop. Yeah, yeah. And so you are, obviously you are, um, you support public education, but you also are for school choice. Huge, yes, yes. What does that that look like? What does that? Well, you know, competition makes everybody work harder, produce more and better and be more efficient. That applies to education also. Um, Your tax dollars should not only go to of this mandated public school curriculum if that's not the best fit for your child mm. your child via using some of those tax dollars that you've paid in should be able to use those tax dollars to go somewhere mm-hmm. that makes sense for that child and for that family yeah. uh, so that's one one way that um, we can make some changes is if legislation would allow such a thing Uh, So school choice. Yeah. And then um, be not just individual proponents of private schools and charter schools and all that's going on. But we have to politically make sure that people are elected who get it and can make those changes. But school choice. Yeah. Competition will make the public school system even work better. And, you know, I've worked with teachers all those years. Most teachers have a... um, a huge heart for kids are doing a good job. You find some who just don't even like kids, but that's rare. Yeah. You know? <laughs> uh, but the, the culture has changed and obviously it manifests in the school, whether it's dudes in the girls' locker rooms or uh, critical race theory or transgender stuff and, you know, whatever. Um, it's so important that parents, maybe they, they want to keep their kids in public school. They love the public school. They don't have any other choice. Maybe, you know, they have to hold people accountable. You know, you, you have to know what's going on and you have to be able to hold the system accountable because that's your child. And I think too many parents feel, like, well, that the, the, the teacher, the administrator, they, they have the degree. 
you know, and so I don't, you know, they shrink back. And it's so important wherever your child is being educated that you remain in the picture and, uh, and hold people accountable. You know? Well, that's true. And, and that is the reason that obstructionists don't want parents involved. They don't want to be held accountable. And that is why they are intimidated when they want to show up at a school board meeting and voice concerns and ask questions. Yes. Shoot, some are deemed terrorists, domestic terrorists, because they're asking questions about their child's day in yes. the classroom. Exactly. Um, it's been encouraging, though, Adrian, to see around the country more and more parents saying, uh-uh, enough is enough. Yes. You, know, you can, you can, government, you can push me on this and this and this, but when it comes to my kid, when it comes to my cubs, no. You yeah. see mama grizzlies all over the country yeah. and papa grizzlies standing up and saying, no, you're not going to go there with, yeah. with my kid. Absolutely. So, um, that could be a catalyst, Adrian, for a real positive change in this country. Because no, you you don't poke that bear. You don't mess with kids, and parents who are as concerned as as um you know our passion, Adrian, for, for this. Think of that uh, spreading across the country. More and more parents yes. feeling empowered mm -hmm. and. Um, given that ability and opportunities to get out there and kind of make manifest the passion that they have for their child, for education and channeling it in the right directions to make changes. Mm -hmm. That's how the difference will be made and yeah. to not peers cannot be intimidated, not Absolutely. by local politicians because they happen to have a name tag, you know, yeah. and they happen yeah. to be elected to this or that or whatever. Uh, no, the, those elected officials, they work for, uh, right. for the Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. Excellent. Yes. And next week, I'm going to have an opportunity to talk to some homeschool, homeschooling oh, good. Uh, moms, uh, one who's doing it a long time, too. This is the first year they've done it. And I'm, I'm interested to get their take on the whole thing also. All right. So it's the first it's the first day, first week in D.C. for Representative Sarah Palin. What's the first thing on your agenda? Mm -hmm. Is to... Um, Make sure that the other congressmen understand how important it is that we really ramp up domestic energy production. We are up here in Alaska, okay? We're the Fort Knox of America. We have the minerals. We have the oil and the gas. We have the rare earths. We have all these natural sources of energy that we should be turning on a spigot and utilizing them and exploiting them for good for responsible use of mankind. Instead, there's this fake energy crisis going on, Adrian. The, the reason we have an energy oh. crisis, Biden made it. Yeah. And here he's um, overseas, you know, hat in hand, asking for dirty, dangerous source, sources of oil from enemies even to be produced for us. This yeah. is crazy what's going on. Well, mm -hmm. we can develop safely ethically better than any other country in the world our domestic supplies of energy so my first agenda item will be making sure that we open up anwar and that we <laughs> that we understand that like the, the the petroleum reserve that we have no that's only tapped for real emergencies not like biden wants to just to lower the price a couple pennies on a a gallon of gas just to look good for a day or two. Uh, yeah. 
there's just so many aspects of the mining and the drilling and the fracking that um, need to be addressed. Congress, they have the say in whether we're going to continue down the road we are. What the, the road that we're on is to get America off traditional sources, conventional sources of energy that we have and that we know how to produce and to go into this utopian, fake, weird, new green deal of these alternative sources of energy. It's, those are just boondoggles. That's just a bunch of crony capitalism for, for people to get rich off some harebrained ideas because we're not anywhere close to getting rid of conventional sources of energy and um, all of a sudden getting to rely on these alternative energy sources that people who don't know anything about energy are pushing all the time. Uh -huh. So, uh -huh. so much yeah. has to be done when it comes yeah. to drill, baby, drill. Yeah, drill, baby, drill. Why am I not surprised that energy is number one on your, on your list? Yeah. Um, I, I'm, I'm being mindful of time here. I want to ask you, though, I want to sort of transition really quickly to um, something that requires a, really a personal reflection. Um, and that is, you've been through a lot. Um, the attacks, you know, people say, oh, only other person who can understand the attacks against you, attacks against your character, your record, your family, would be a Donald Trump. I'm not even sure that he's got it like you, like you had it, but it's, it's close. But you've been through a whole lot. And so with all transparency, I have to ask you, how has the battle, I mean, you're a fighter. And you keep coming back and they can't, they can't keep you down, but it's got the slings, the arrows, it's got to hurt. So how has all of that changed, if at all, Sarah Palin? I think it's made my skin even thicker. Um, I, I do not worry so much at all about what people say. Um, Oh man, people are just the obstructionists, the, the opposition. They just don't make any sense to me. And I always keep that in mind. It's like, oh, poor person who's slamming me for this or that, that they're really missing out on what truth is. And they would be much smarter and probably more productive if they would get a little truth in their life. And then um, not only would the world be better off, but they'd be better off as individuals. Um, I live by that adage that um if you don't live by man's praise you will not die by man's criticism i want to be a good example for my kids i have to be because my kids take the brunt of yeah. of, of my politics and too often thankfully my kids they're good they're just mm -hmm. uh inherently common sense conservatives you know I'm, I'm so thankful for that and they all love jesus and oh my gosh i mean i can't ask for anything else and they're healthy mm -hmm. this, it's it's all good yes. um i from the beginning though in all this i wanted to show them i, I didn't want to i it's like that old commercial don't ever let them see you sweat yeah. i didn't want my kids to see because i knew that they'd go through a lot they had to have somebody to look to as you know, how did, how did she handle it? So my daughter, Bristol, oh my gosh, she's been through the ringer too. She is the smartest, strongest, mm. yeah. um, most empowered and empowering young woman that, that I know. She, she is amazing. Yeah. And um, I actually watch her and how she reacts to, to a lot of things. Yeah. And I'm very proud of the way that she can react to things. And, um, you know, I, I, I learned from her even. But yeah, I mean, 
I'm, you're asking transparently and, and, and how do I really feel about it? A lot. Yeah. You know, there, there are some gut punches here and there because as a conservative, we cannot get our word out via conventional traditional ways, right? Through the lamestream media. They're, they're not going to give us a shot. They're not going to allow that fairness of having our voice heard and, and truth to be told and holding people accountable. So it gets kind of frustrating in, well, how do you counter a lie? How do you prove a negative? Um, when, you know, basically in my case, it's I'm up here in Wasilla, Alaska at my dad's house, you know, and I got some friends helping me out. And I'm thankful for like social media because I, I, I think I have a freer voice being able to at least, you know, post some things to get some truth out there that I wouldn't um, have that, uh, that form or format previously for social media. So, uh, yeah, it, it's, um, I can see how other people would probably say, I can't do it. I don't want to do it. I, it's just too much, you know, it, lots of negativity, lot, lots of punches left and right. But God wires us all differently. And I've known since I was a little kid that somehow, some way, I would be involved in um, civics is how I always thought it as a kid. Um, you know, I was always in student council or some kind of school leadership thing. I always interested. I, I came to, I came into my own politically when Reagan was in office, when he was our president. So I got to, and I loved him. So I got to watch, yeah. you know, kind of how, how he did things also. So just through my environment, um, my parents, they're not political. They're, they're just, they've always been just normal conservatives, you know, but just normal people. So, you know, I've had a lot of balance when it comes to uh, politics. And um, what that has allowed is for me to, to know what's right and what, and what is best for, uh, for the people. And I'm not, I'm not, as an individual, smarter or better than anybody, but I do know that the positions that I hold, they're practical, they're common sense. Yeah. They, they will help the state. They will help individuals. They will help our country. So being really strong and sure on that, I have to kind of ignore the pot shots. Mm -hmm. And with that thick skin and the way God wired me, it allows me to keep standing. Yeah. Same with Trump. He amazes me, Adrian, when a yeah. Look at what he goes through, you know, left and right. Oh, yeah. Every time he puts his head up, somebody's punching it back down, and yet he's still standing. Well, he's a good role model then in how you and how you keep standing. Well, yeah. I, I, oh, I, I, and, and Adrian, by the way, that is why I supported him early on. I recognized he was the only one who would have the guts to take on the media. Uh, mm -hmm. He wouldn't placate. He wouldn't have to uh, try to win him over. I did see, though, once in a while, it seemed like he would try to win some, somebody or a constituent over. It always bit him in the butt. You did, you, <laughs> some of them, you're just not. But recognizing he had the guts to take on media and Hillary. Nobody else would be able to do that. I like the other candidates, but um, I knew it was going to take somebody different. And it did take somebody different. 
Yeah, and that New York fighter as a as a New Yorker myself. Yes, that's that's you guys. That's yeah. you. That counter that counterpuncher that he is, and it's so funny because we try so hard sometimes, uh, the re Republicans to make other people like us. And I had a pastor who used to say to us, you know, you're not sharing, you know, if you're not sharing about Christ, you're not sharing that because you're worried about whether people like you. They don't like you anyway. So <laughs> you might as well just be bold, right? <laughs> Talking right. about well, you anyway. I I say that about like about my politics and running for office. I kind of same thing i say if i go down well i'm going down swinging you know exactly. yeah if they don't like me they're not gonna like yes. me if i change my position for them they're not gonna like me anyway it doesn't make a difference but i will tell you this that's why i asked how it's changed you because one of my prayers for you and you know um one of my prayers for you is that you would not become bitter because mm -hmm. of all the attacks and i've prayed that you that god god would guard your heart and that you and you and God would co-labor in guarding your heart and not allowing all of that to to make you bitter because it, it it can you know it can absolutely that's that's good and I appreciate that prayer. I'll I'll reference Bristol again. She has told me that it would be so easy for her to become very uh, bitter and guarded and not trust people. She says that she has to. I hope she doesn't mind that I would share this. I don't think she would mind because it's a part of a testimony, but. She says she has to pray for herself yeah. to have that that softening of the heart, to have that empathy and, and compassion in, in general, instead of being um, so hardened by what goes on and what is said around her. Mm -hmm. There again, I've learned from her on that, but I really appreciate you, Adrian, uh, recognizing that, that, that the potential would be there, of course, to, uh, yeah, to not have, um, and, and to not be able to carry uh, God's compassion and everything else that, that we ask for um, as Christians. So I appreciate that. That Yeah. Because uh, yeah. no, so far, I'm not bitter. Well, that's good. You do know that there are people who um, supported you from the beginning because they could connect to you because of your faith, which is also reason why some people hate you and i use that and i'm not just throwing that out i mean they they do because it's yeah they do many of them are demonic you know but but there, there there are many of us who connected with you first because of your of your faith so what what role and i know you know that so i mean do you feel the um the responsibility of that with people that that um that they look at you as that example and that model of faith and do you feel a certain responsibility or, or is just not? Um, well, you know, my foundation of faith has been with me for so long that uh, I hope, come to think of it, I don't just take it for granted that, that uh, it, 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 is, it, it is me. It is my foundation. And, and um, I haven't really considered too much about what other people ha have thought of it, but um, my faith. but. Um, I do know that I don't like, I don't want to disappoint people. So when Christians, especially, I, I want them to have people that they can look to and be encouraged with and encouraged by. And um, some of the things that have happened that have been out of my control, um, they, you know, I go through an issue hoping that knowing that my faith is going to carry me through but more concerned about other people how they're observing what it is i'm going through i don't want them to be disappointed i don't want them to think wow if that could happen to 
her and she's supposed to be a Christian, you know, mm. um, what good is Christianity then? Oh, is she protected? No, look at she's getting clobbered mm. there or whatever. I, I want opportunity to, to encourage people and to tell them the circumstances. Yeah, the, some of the circumstances absolutely suck, but we have a choice in how we're going to react to those circumstances. And as a believer, I know that I can give it to God. My mom used to always say, um, especially late at night, sometimes I would call her and I, I would say, oh my goodness, mom, such and such issue or, or some you know, something that was concerning. And she'd always say at the end of the conversation, now, Sarah, you go to sleep because God's awake. I love it. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. You know, just knowing that, and that's what it's all about. I mean, God knows that we are fallible and we're weak and we're a bunch of wimps. So many times he's fine with that because he goes, well, yeah, that's why I'm here. Give it to me. Let me carry it for you. Yes, yes. I have to remind myself to do that a lot, but, um, yeah. I'm so thankful for my faith, Adrian, and for the prayer shield that does surround me. I don't know how people do this without Christ. I don't know why they would want to do this mm -hmm. without, you know, without that foundation of faith. And yeah. I want people to, to know about it. I want people to know that that's the answer to their individual issues and to our nation's challenges. Yeah. It, for me, it's, it's ultimately all about God. Yeah, I, and I, I feel that. And I want to say this, and then I want to have, ask you one more thing, and then I'm going to give you the last word because I know I've held you too long already, but I, I, but I appreciate your time. I, I, um, I want to say that I knew and I know that, that God has called you, you know, uh, to this arena you're in. Um, like you said, when you were younger, you knew. You might not have been able to put your finger on exactly what it, what it was. But there is a call, and I, I say this boldly, I don't make any pretense about anything, I, that there's a call upon your life, there's an anointing upon your life. I saw it from the very beginning, and I know I've heard many other people say the same thing. And so I am so appreciative that I feel like God has allowed you in this arena because it's a benefit to Alaska, it's a benefit to the nation, it's a benefit to the world because he set you apart, as you said, for such a time as this. How it all unfolds, I don't know, but I know that it's a, what you're doing is you don't have to be behind a pulpit to be in ministry. You know, what you're doing and standing for truth as you do and being a fighter, everybody, ha it has to be God because I don't know how, <laughs> you know, but it's, there's a call and I want you to have the assurance of that, that God has equipped you. He has called you. He has anointed you and his will is going to be done. And all that other slings and arrows and stuff, they can forget it. It will, they will not prevail. So, That's so good. That's so encouraging. Yeah. And everybody can take that, Adrian. Everybody in their own circumstances can apply that truth that, that you're preaching right there. And yes. well, take it to the swamp. Take it to the swamp. Yeah. 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 Yes. All right. I'm going to give you the last word. I want you to look in the camera and I want you to, to address the voters of Alaska. And what would Sarah Palin say to Alaskans? You have the floor. What do you guys? I, I, I want to work for Alaska. I, I want to work for Alaskans. I'm willing and I'm able to. The connections that I have already with those in Congress, with the quote unquote, maybe self-proclaimed movers and shakers in this country, the, 
all of that can be put to good use for Alaska. It's not seeking celebrity. It's not, uh, as I've been accused of, it's not doing anything for self. If I were trying to do something for self, I wouldn't be in this arena because, you know, it's not easy and it's not always fun. But um, I, I do have it within me and I am literally offering myself up in the name of service with the servant's heart. Yes. I love Alaska. I know that this is bigger than Alaska, though, also. And Adrian, that, that's something that sometimes is a struggle up here because Alaskans, we're so proud of our state, but yeah, also yeah. a lot of people are very territorial. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, it, it, it's frowned upon that you would travel down in the States even to promote Alaska. You know, you got to be one of us up here the whole time. Mm-hmm. Well, this is bigger than just Alaska. Alaska, uh, we, we are going to help secure and keep sovereign our country with what it is that uh, God has given Alaska to be able to provide the rest of the union. We have to have the right leaders, the right fighters in yeah. office at this time to make sure that Alaska's interests are met because ultimately then what's good for Alaska is good for the country. Yes. And I don't believe there's anyone who could doubt your love and your advocacy for the state of Alaska. You know, so, um, I, man, Alaskans do the right thing. OK, and <laughs> we need to send Sarah Palin to Congress for sure. How can people find you um, and, and keep up with what you're doing? Uh, our website is sarahforalaska.com. Nothing's capitalized. And it's Sarah for Alaska. Four is spelled out. Go there. Um, you, you can find out a lot of personal things about me and what's going on on my Instagram, Sarah Palin 97, mm-hmm. but, um, for the, the politics of everything and how people can practically help, uh, go to that website, sarahforalaska.com. Mm-hmm. My positions are spelled out there, Adrian, black and white. There I am. I got nothing to hide. Yeah. Um, here is what I, I feel about all these important issues. Anybody can ask me anything. And I'll be straight with them because um, they're, again, you know, I've got nothing to, people, have, they know my positions. They know that that's why a little bit of frustration to Adrian is as we go through some grueling uh, events or some days of going from here to there, that, and people ask you the question, they already know what the answer is. They already know. Yeah, I'm pro second amendment. Yeah, I'm a hundred percent pro-life. Yes. Yeah, I'm smaller, smarter, you know, the, but you still got, you still go through the, the exercise where I'm like, I just want to get to work for Alaska. You know, yes, let's hurry yeah. up. Let's get and, and we, Yeah. And we want you to get to work too. We do. Thank you. And so, um, thank you so much for your time you. and for sharing your positions in your heart and, um, looking forward to, uh, looking forward to you continuing the fight. Thank you. And Adrian, I hope you're advertising, especially your Instagram. Your Instagram is awesome thank and it's you. encouraging. And it's so doggone educational. You know, I'll, I'll scroll through what it is that you're posting. Inevitably, I click back on it. And I click back on it to try to get it all in because um, you've got a lot of information. You've got a lot of energy, too. But a lot of information <laughs> that, that's good for, I mean, it's applicable to so many things and so many people out there who are needing some answers. Oh, thank you. Thank you. God is good. And, um, and I appreciate you being here and, uh, on the Adrian Ross show. And I will, uh, I will uh, catch you hopefully maybe another time, but wishing you well. Right on. All right. Thank you. I appreciate you you so much. Thanks. All right. God bless you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Sarah Palin, everybody.
I am so honored to have had the opportunity to have her on the Adrian Ross show. She is, as I've always said, the real deal. I so enjoyed what she had to share with us. And I'm sure you did also. I'm all about Sarah Forlaska. I see my shirt. Those of you who are watching and not just listening, I got the Sarah Forlaska shirt on. I believe that um, she's going to be good for Alaska and also good for America. I want to encourage you to go to sarahforalaska.com. Sarah for Alaska, and that's for written out, not the numeral. Sarahforalaska.com and donate. We need to do everything we possibly can do to get her to the United States House of Representatives. So thank you for tuning in to that interview. I also want to encourage you to go to the vmgnetwork.com and check out the other podcasters. We are enlightening, engaging, informative, and also entertaining at times. And you're going to enjoy them as well. Also go to a major podcast platform and please leave a rating and review. I love to read them on the episodes when I have them. So thank you. And I look forward to catching you the next time on the Adrian Ross show. God bless you. Abundant. The Adrian Ross Show was produced and edited in the BMG studio. The music was provided by Kevin McLeod. Find more episodes of The Adrian Ross Show at thebmgnetwork.com and major podcast platforms. Be sure to tune in regularly. You don't want to miss even one episode.